yeah, the amount of people that have read that book or watched the movie is insane. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you've, you've read it? Cool. And cool. Then it, somehow we just never talk about it. And then we so. never talk about it, so it's all good. <laughs> Welcome to the Book Jar Podcast, where both me and my friend Megan discuss book-related news, topics, and other things on a bi-weekly basis. Uh, Megan, how are you today? Doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing good. I always forget to actually, like, acknowledge you. Like, I get into my little rant about how this works, and then I get going, and then I'm like, wow, I've been talking for, like, two minutes straight. And it really says a lot about my presence <laughs> as a person. It's not very strong. Uh, it also says a lot about my hyperfixation yeah. on books. <laughs> like, let's just get to the point. Let's just talk about the books. I just want to talk about the books. All right, so how this works is each week we pull a topic from the book jar uh, right here. And we actually, uh, that is our next week's topic. So last week we pulled um, a very, it was harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But before we dive into that, you know, we have to ask, what are your most recent reads? So I finished uh, The Weight of Sand by Edith Weiss, which I remember talking about in my last podcast, or mm-hmm. last podcast. And uh, so that was a nonfiction, nonfiction, kind of memoir almost. Yeah. Yeah. Where she got. Uh, kidnapped. She was in Sahara Desert for 450 days. Um, it's a very interesting book because she, you know, would write about what happened and then have like a little poem, which she wrote a bunch of these poems while she was in the desert. So it was really good. It did take me a little while to finish just because I kind of lost momentum with it. Right. But once I finished it, it's a good read if you like nonfiction. Okay. Um, and I also finished Laura Olympus. Rachel Smith, which you yeah, that one I'm most excited to hear about. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. (laughs) How did what did you think of that? I'm gonna try not to like push my opinion on you with my overbearing grin here. I I loved it. Okay, good. I thought I I really thought we weren't gonna be friends anymore. (laughs) I'm also on the webtoon site. Oh, very good. I'm on season two, episode hundred and something. So yeah, it's uh, I love it. I just. Yeah, know. very good read. I, I can't recommend that enough, especially, well, even if you don't, maybe graphic novels aren't really your go-to. I, I think it's just a beautiful one as well. It's very beautiful. Like, the colors and, like, the characters, like, just her style of I really liked drawing. how each of the, like, gods had a color. So it was yeah. very easy to recognize them and then also see, like, the connections between them. Like, there was a lot going on artistically there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speak too much of that to that because you'll realize how much I don't know about art. And so <laughs> yeah, we can probably move <laughs> on here. Okay, let's get going. All right, so I have, uh, I finished, uh, last time I was reading, in the process of reading Stardust by uh, Neil Gaiman. So I did finish right. that. I haven't actually written my review for this one because... It was good and also so not what I was expecting, having seen the movie, but like in a right. good way. And I oh, didn't good. discredit the movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I just ha- I've, I have a lot of feelings about it. So I'm just kind of waiting for some of those to simmer down <laughs> a little bit. But very good. Uh, definitely a great fantasy read if you're into that. And um, especially if you love Neil Gaiman, definitely pick that one up. It's very, very good. Um, I also read Persuasion by Jane Austen. Oh, how was that? Very good. I'm uh, I'm a big Jane Austen fan. Uh, it, it occurred to me reading 
through this that because I've read Emma and Pride and Prejudice, both both are also by Jane Austen, and uh, you read a Jane Austen novel if you want the slowest burn of a romance <laughs> ever. Yeah. You want somebody agonizing over the fact that they touched hands one time seven chapters ago and what that meant, and you read it for the one line from the love interest that comes, like, in the second last chapter. <laughs> so this one was, uh, and I won't spoil too much because I definitely think it's worth the read, uh, but there was a line and they said basically like, you pierce my soul. And like, that was such a satisfying moment. And then it was just over and it was nice and it was, oh, it was just so good. I I did review that one five stars. I couldn't even, Aww. I couldn't even yeah. find anything to be wrong with it. I, I really do love Jane Austen. Um, the reason I was reading Jane Austen yeah. was because I'd finished a Colleen Hoover book. Oh, and yes. um what did I you think of that. Okay, so I read It Ends With Us. And I have a lot of things to say about it to the point where I don't even want to tell you what I thought about it because I feel like it's so popular right now. Mm-hmm. And I get why it's popular. And if you like Colleen Hoover or any of her books, or if you loved It Ends With Us. This is not to slam it at all. Like, love what you love, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I did not. Mm -hmm. I, it was almost bad enough for me to stop reading. Wow. Which I don't do. I'm I'm a very carry-on person. Like, the worst books ever I will read through. There was moments where I was like, is this worth it? Mm -hmm. Should I just kind of put it down at this point? And then there was moments where I was like, this is actually, this is why people like it. Like, the pacing is nice. And so I get why people like it. I have a lot to say about it. I think we might, I actually wanted, maybe we'll talk about this after the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) But I would like to actually focus on it separately because I think there's a lot to dissect there in why I didn't like it. But yeah, I, I, I didn't, I gave it like two stars. Wow. That's pretty low. Which is a failing grade. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a hard marker. So like, that's fair too. But I, my personal thing is if I'm going to give something lower than like one star, I'm not going to finish it. Yeah. So two stars is not saying, it's saying a lot, I feel like. But I have more thoughts about that. And if you love Colin Hoover, please don't hate me. I totally appreciate why you love it. I just, it was not my read. Um, yeah. Interesting. I You know, all I've heard is like people loving that on Instagram and everything. Yeah. So I'm curious to see your full thoughts on that. I would love to give my full thoughts. I'm actually thinking that it might be worth doing a podcast over because I'm not sure an Instagram post will totally. fully compose what I didn't love about this novel and what I thought was missing. Well, and I think you need to like actually like say why you thought this versus writing in a post and it's getting mis yeah misinterpreted or something yeah. like that. So I and I so I think that that might be something that we'll have to do with certain books that we really liked or really didn't like and kind of explain why. Mm-hmm. But those were the books I read and now I'm working on a book of poetry by William Woodsworth. Wordsworth. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's a very slim little 83-page book, so it, it should be... Have you be... read stuff from him before? Yeah, so him? I took it... You know this. I took a degree in creative mm-hmm. writing, so throughout university, I mean, he's a pretty prolific poet, so I've encountered his poems before. I've not read a full um, collection of them, so oh. I'm I'm very interested. I, I've just started it, so I read the first couple poems, and... They're very interesting. It's not the normal kind of poetry I tend to gravitate towards, but it, it's really good so far. 
Cool. Yeah. Excited to hear your thoughts on that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And with that, I guess, let's go into today's topic, which is books with an open ending that you love. Which I found very challenging, which is annoying to me because yes. I came up with the question. Yes. So this is all your fault. This is all my um, fault. I, I kind of took the question interpreted a little bit different because I didn't necessarily love all the open endings that I remember reading. So I just said open endings that I read. That's okay. kind of what I went you off went, You went with that. So I did want to talk about open ending because in researching for this topic, I was thinking like, what open ending books have I read? And of course you turned to Google for some help there. And yeah. so I was reading these lists. There's a whole bunch on like Reddit and it was people being like, I hate ambiguous endings, like all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, okay, (laughs) there is a big difference. And I came up with this question. um, So I feel like I have to defend it, even though I struggled maybe to answer it as smoothly as I thought I would. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a difference between an open-ended book that is supposed to be open-ended and something that was not completed by the author. Mm -hmm. And there's also open ending that has great writing and one that doesn't. And so, like, I don't know. I actually really love open ending books and stories, especially short stories. Like, I think that's one of the most interesting ways to end a short story is with kind of an open or ambiguous ending. Um, But if it's not done properly, like, yeah, you do just feel jaded. So it's a really interesting thing. Like, I gravitate towards... Like, if somebody said this has an open ending, like, it's a little bit ambiguous, that doesn't sway me at all. But does it sway you? Uh, yeah. I would say it has. <laughs> it has. Because um, when I was doing my research and I was looking at the books and I was like, oh, I definitely felt like this had an open ending. I didn't. I didn't love it. And, okay. But that being said, I know we both have a book that I'm talking about today. Where I loved the opening. Why don't you talk about why don't can we start there? Because I really I want to start in a good spot. Let's just start there. All right. Um, the ones we're meant to find. Joe He. Joan He. And is it Joan or Joanne? Joan. I said called Joan. Oh my goodness, I've been mispronouncing him. And that is really that is really, really embarrassing. (laughs) Well now I feel bad because what if I'm saying it wrong? No, um now that I've had five seconds to think about it. That is how you pronounce yeah, Joan. J-O-A-N. Joan. Okay, I'm, I'm clearly a reader at heart because I've read that name so many times. We follow her on Instagram, yeah. which is really funny. And I've been yes. like internally pronouncing her name wrong. Joanne. Jo- Joan. 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 Sorry, Joan. We love ya. Uh, so- I'm, te- I'm terrible at pronouncing things. So please forgive me. All right. So um, I'll talk about what the book's about. I mean, we've talked about this book before, but so it follows two sisters, C and Casey. Um, They've been separated and both are trying to find out where the other one is. So C is alone on an island and she's trying her best to find a way off of it and back to her sister Casey. Whereas Casey has been living in an ecosystem. Um, She's been working with a close acquaintance of C's to try and find out just what happened to C. And then along with trying to figure out the mystery of her sister, Casey must face her own past traumas and whether or not she will use her expertise in science to save humanity as she knows it. So I try not to be too spoilery with it because it is in your book and like mm-hmm. I want everyone to read it. So there's a couple spoils, but um, basically we find these two, two sisters do reunite, but it's like 
not what you're expecting. It's not what you're thinking. They're obviously both very different. Um, so C does find K. And then Casey says that C must die, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, for the good of humanity. Good of humanity, yeah. So um, what ends up happening, though, is C leaves her sister behind. Yeah. Swims back to her little island. Um, and there's this boy, Hero. So you're like, oh, she's going to choose Hero versus saving humanity, mm-hmm. I guess, is kind of like the two choices that she's left with. Um, but he decides to jump off a cliff. <laughs> to be. Sounds, sounds very dramatic. There, there's, if, if, if at this point you are intrigued by this novel, please skip ahead. Yes. Because I don't think I can talk about it quite as smoothly without spoiling a little bit more. But it is very fascinating why he makes that choice, Hero. Yes. Um, sorry, I'm kind of taking over oh, here. Okay. Ahead, maybe I'm I think this is one of the best examples I can think in recent memory that I've read of an ambiguously ended book that is just, like, so chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Like, so amazingly ended. And the reason I think that is the the thing that I love about open-ended books and open-ended stories is that it forces you, if done properly, it forces you to draw your own conclusion based off of your relationship to the characters and the mm-hmm. plot. Mm-hmm. And that is a powerful thing if used correctly. So I remember coming up to you after <laughs> I finished it. I was like, what do you think happened? And that was such a great conversation. Like that... That is why I love open-ended books. Yes. Because it's not like, oh, that was interesting. Let's talk. Oh, didn't you think that was cool? It was like, wait, what do you think happened? And it kind of ends. And again, this is spoilers, so skip ahead about, I don't know, 30 seconds a minute. Sure. Yeah. Um, But it ends with C diving into the water and you're not quite sure what she's going to do. With that. And I will say that because I thought it was very clear she was going to find her sister and make a choice there Mm -hmm. to either kill her or kill herself. Be killed, yeah. Um, But even that draws different scenarios out of how that encounter might go for the second time. I know you had a very different conclusion, which I feel like it's very spoilery, so maybe we won't talk about about it. it. But I actually really liked the, like, ending you thought of and then other people I know read online were like oh she was just going for like a casual swim yeah yeah and And she was just waiting for somebody to come back maybe maybe and (laughs) I think that's super interesting that everyone has drawn their own conclusions based off of what they've understood about the characters and what they've connected with yeah and it says a lot about you yeah 100% and how you yeah identified with the characters and like and like I did talk about before where a lot of readers didn't identify with Casey a lot because she is very, what's the word? Like she doesn't have a lot of like empathy, I think. Yeah, some would say cold yeah. or um, very emotionless. Yeah, so I think that maybe, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't agree with a certain ending and wouldn't want that ending to happen Yeah, because they didn't relate to that character. Yeah, I, I, I do think if you're looking for a great ambiguously ended novel the ones we're meant to find is phenomenal you do need to somewhat like sci-fi yes um at least enough to get through it so if you're a big fantasy buff I feel like you could maybe get 
through it. Like, it wasn't too, too much tech talk, I found. I thought it was very straightforward. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. aliens and spacecrafts. It was more very advanced technology and a little bit of AI. Yes. Um... All right. Well, before we spoil too much about that book, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say one that I read years ago. Um, so it was and it was very popular. Uh, so it was Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right because I don't trust anything I'm pronouncing anymore. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds yeah. right. Right. Uh, so this uh book kind of exploded and then it was made into a movie and. Now I feel like people are going back and rereading and, like, doing that thing where, you know, you've fallen in love with... So many people have fallen in love with something and they're kind of, like, underrating it. So it's, like, got kind of an interesting review rating on most of the sites. What I liked about this book was it, it's it's who done it in the beginning. It's a mystery. It's, like, what happened here and you're trying to piece it together. And it's divided into three parts. So the first part, you're hearing the story from two characters, two main characters, uh, Nick and Amy. Uh, Nick's narration starts right after he comes home for his fifth wedding anniversary to find that Amy is missing. And then it is slowly revealed that maybe he had something to do with it. And it's very dramatic, all this revealing. And you're you're meeting Amy through her diary entries. So you're really not sure what's happened to her. Mm -hmm. And you're hearing his side after the fact. So hers are all before it happened. His are all after. This is where some spoilers come in. Part two kicks in and you realize these people suck, (laughs) which is like maybe the biggest like I remember reading the first part and being like, okay, this is like very straightforward. It was kind of like there are parts that were a little bit bland, but it was meant to be bland because you were reading Amy's diary and she just sounded like just such a nice person. Mm -hmm. And then you get to part two and you realize that she actually is really unreliable. She's actually kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. And she has kind of tried to frame her husband, but her husband is also a piece of shit (laughs) who has been cheating on her and he neglected to give us that little nugget of information. So there's all this stuff that just starts unraveling in the second part and you're like, wait, everything I know about these two people is so untrue. It, it all kind of, I won't spoil how it ends exactly, but it does all come to the end in, in a way that it's like, I describe it as everyone ends up in the same place they probably were before everything went sideways, before Amy left, before her husband was almost framed, before everything went off the rails, and yet there's so much that's changed in how they think of each other and what they know about each other and the fact that they're both kind of like very conniving, very manipulative people who are kind of potentially stuck in a relationship or not depending on how you kind of read into the text yeah and I remember reading it and being like okay it wasn't phenomenal it was not like this like whoa everyone needs to read this book but I got why people were obsessed with it like it was such an interesting read Mm -hmm. and I'm a big fan of an unreliable narrator (laughs) totally so and what I loved about it is the degrees in which the narrators were unreliable which kind of taints your opinion of the end. So to kind of, so to speak, it felt like the things that the husband were lying about weren't as big to me. Mm -hmm. But that really makes it interesting because I felt like he was actually still lying through the rest of the book. 
because it was enough that I didn't trust anything he said after that point. After, the, like, things started to get revealed. I know I've read some reviews online where they're like, well, I don't understand, like, all this stuff he was doing. And I was like, I don't think he's a nice guy. Like, I think he's shittier than he's presenting himself to right. be and that we're getting the information from, even after we've had the big reveal. I think he's still cloaked a little bit and mm -hmm. she's fully in her manipulative form and we can oh. see through her stuff now, right? Yeah. Very interesting characters, mm -hmm. which I, I'm a big fan of. I'm, I'm character over plot. So, but the plot was quite interesting. Uh, yeah, but where the characters end up is a very, very you-specific question. Like, what do you think happens after that final line? Mm -hmm. Like, it is really open-ended. Love that. The sound of that. I honestly, I haven't read Gone Girl. You haven't read Gone Girl? I haven't read Gone Girl. I haven't watched the movie. Everyone's like, it's I, so good. I actually think if we could go back a couple episodes, this might be one of the things I would challenge <laughs> you to do this year. Because I'm glad I didn't spoil too, too much, but the this is a this is a very well written novel for what it needed to be. And I like another thing that reviews said was they were like, oh, the beginning was so boring. The beginning's supposed to be boring. <laughs> You're supposed to think it's like really straightforward and cut and dry, and like, and then it gets complicated and messy. Mm. I think you'd really like it. I know you like mysteries as well, so I think I'm that that's... sure I would. And honestly, I can't believe I've gone this long without getting spoiled too. Like, yeah, <laughs> the amount of people that have read that book or watched the movie is insane. And I'm like, oh yeah, you've you've read it, cool, and cool. Then somehow we just never talk about and it, and then we so. never talk about it, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you'd really like it. It's very um, so in in terms of an ambiguous or ambiguous ending, it also has the unreliable narrator, the plot twist. Spence and the mystery all mixed in there. Love so that. Very good. Love all of it. All right, me. Uh, uh, yeah, you're up. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go with "Looking for Alaska" by John Green, and like the point of this book is it necessarily that the ending is an open ending, like we don't know exactly what happened with Alaska. Like we know she spoiler she dies. Big spoiler, yeah. Um. <laughs> She dies. Um, but the real question is, like, did she commit suicide? Was she drunk driving? Was there something else? What going? happened in that scenario? What happened? And so that's, like, our main character, Miles, is, like, huge mystery. Like, he's focused on this, him and his friend Chip, his name is. And they're like, what happened? Like, did we miss something? Did I not understand this, yeah. this girl that I met that I saying I'm in love with but hardly know anything about yes you misunderstood her <laughs> yeah you clearly misunderstood her she had a lot of stuff going on so yeah he's just basically by the end of the book like they come to I guess they're kind of acceptant of her her death and what mm -hmm. happened because obviously this book is about grief and dealing with death at a young age so but we never actually find out, like, we find out why she was driving. Like, we're finding out that she, um, it was the day that her mother died. Mm -hmm. It was the anniversary, so she was going to go deliver flowers to her grave. Mm -hmm. um, so you would think that she wouldn't necessarily be wanting to commit suicide because, well, mm -hmm. she has, like, a purpose. She did talk to Miles and her, she has a boyfriend as well. You know, Miles doesn't care about that, clearly. Yeah. Anyways, that's another conversation. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so it's like she has like the intention to do something the next day. Like, so she, so you, and they like go through all of like the clues, I guess, of someone who might be considering suicide and she only has like two out of 10 or whatever online probably quiz or something yeah. that they have taken. Like they're what, like 17 in this book? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you never really find out a hundred percent what happens to Alaska. Like why, why she was in this accident because mm-hmm. she just ran straight into a police cruiser. She wasn't swerving. She wasn't doing anything. They think she wasn't drunk enough that she couldn't swerve. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of reasons, and I just always thought it was, like, an interesting ending to a novel, because you're like, why, like, why, why don't we find out? But, I mean, that's the point, is because she's, she's dead. You're not supposed to, <laughs> she's like, dead. you're not supposed to know what happened, I guess, and when I was reading it, I just was like, I don't like that. Like, I want to know. I want to know. So that's, I, in terms of John Green, you know I will, I will never stand for John Green slander. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan. But... One of the the most interesting things about that book, um, other than the fact that, like, absolute heartbreak of, and again, this is spoilers, but we've kind of already mentioned it, of realizing why he's counting down. Yeah. Um, which did actually make me ball like a little baby when I, it wasn't the fact that she died. It was the fact that, that like, the whole story, the whole time you're like, why is he counting down? And then she dies and you're yeah. like, oh, that was why. Yeah. And that broke my heart. Mm-hmm. The fact that he retells a story of grief and leaves out a very large detail of her death, of, like, was it intentional or not? Because he very easily could have made her commit suicide Mm -hmm. and made it very clear. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different type of grief. Mm -hmm. Or he could have made it very clear that she didn't commit suicide and it was, like, this missed opportunity that Miles had in his life. But I love that it's not explained. Yeah. And I know that's frustrating as a reader, but the idea that, like, that's what death feels like is it's just an end. Mm-hmm. And there's no answers in it. There's no justifications in it. There's no reasoning. There's no bartering. There's no begging. It's just the end. Yeah. Feels, like, felt so, it feels so vacant when you're reading it, and yet that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. That was the most realistic thing in that entire novel was this thing that, like, they will never know what actually happened. And then the question of does it matter? Does it matter if she yeah. was committing suicide? Does it matter if she was drunk? Does it matter if she just was distracted? If somebody pulled their hands away from the wheel? Did she try to crank up the radio? Like, does it matter? Yeah. And does it change that. their grief? Because mm-hmm. it does and it doesn't. And such an interesting question. But yeah, I, it it does make the ending a little bit more ambiguous. Even Miles never really knowing is like, is he going to figure it out? Is he going to be okay with it? Is he going to get obsessed yes. with it? And I think it like obviously, I like the journey of the main character isn't for him to find out why she died. It's for him to yeah deal with his grief, um, to like find closure with it because he blames himself because. You know, she's like, I need to go. They know she's been drinking and they don't do anything to stop her. So I think, like, him needing to know why she died was, like, his way of thinking, like, was there then something I could have done? Like, Which is also, and I won't linger on this point too long because I would love to talk about this more in a John Green dedicated podcast. 
but it is the his use of the manic pixie dream girl um in the sense that it's this girl that is idolized by these boys and the idolization which is done best in paper towns i believe where he actually um this is a bit of a spoiler but he finds the girl and the girl is like it's not fucking about you yeah. <laughs> and that moment where this main character who you've been like rooting for the entire time gets told to f off and yeah. leave her alone you, it just like spins everything out of control and i know that's why a lot of people didn't like the novel because they were like oh that was such a cop-out and i was like no that was the whole point like this mm-hmm. girl wanted to get away and he kept chasing her and she was mm-hmm. like leave me the fuck alone let me leave yeah and i feel the same way about a lot like there's like that little bit about alaska too where like she was his friend and but like her death is not really about him yeah. and it takes him a while to realize to that figure that out and like even and as- that he didn't know her yeah yeah, and just that he was so, yeah, like, he's just like, yeah, this is a missed opportunity of us possibly having to be together. And then it's like, he was ignoring his friends, and he wasn't seeing how they were doing. It was, like, all about his grief, and, like, yeah. and they're all going through the same stuff. And, yeah, he, like, it took him so long for him to be like, oh, right, like. Oh, right, other people exist. Other people exist, and other people knew him longer, and other, like, so, yeah, I you know, I didn't appreciate it when I first read it, but, <laughs> like, doing the research now, I'm like... Mm, There's a reason why it's ambiguous, and I feel like most of most of John Green's books feel like this, where you, you get to the end, and if, using our system of, like, post-reading rating, it's supposed to be, like, a one. You're supposed to be pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. You're supposed to be upset. You're supposed to be like, this wasn't how it was supposed to end, John. Like, you're supposed to have that feeling to it. And then also... 10 years later being like wow that was that was the whole point mm-hmm. i get it now mm-hmm. which is why i have more thoughts with jungle we're gonna move on though yes let's move on because we'll be here all night all right you <laughs> give me another one because i know you have a lot that i want to talk about on your list actually on my list yeah that you want to talk about or you just want me to go first you can just go first. just go okay well let's do another one that i know you read okay um, my name is Memory by Anne Brashears. Brashears? I don't know how to say it. Shears? Brashears. She wrote The Sisterhood of Traveling Pants for those who... We apologize for probably pronouncing her name incorrectly. Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) So, anyways, it follows a young woman, Lucy, this guy named Daniel Gray, who has the memory, who can recall past lives and recognize previous souls he has known. Um, So he continues to love, like, the different versions of Lucy throughout history. And then they're always drawn together every time they're reincarnated. Like, it's a whole whole thing. Um, Basically, though, like, the reason, I you know, I said it was an open ending is because it was supposed to be a trilogy originally. Um, So it kind of just, like, stops. Yeah, it stops at a very... A very weird point. It would be like a good cliffhanger if you knew there was more books coming out. And but for me, when I bought this book, like I bought it probably a few years after it was released. So like to me, it was like I didn't know it was gonna be a trilogy because at that point, usually it would have been completed or it would have been kind of teased at least. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, basically, like in this present life, they end up getting together. And they're escaping the the villain. And how it ends. 
Okay. Big spoilers. <laughs> big spoilers. There's no way to talk about this without saying it. So big spoilers for my so, name's memory. First of all, Lucy finds out she's pregnant. Which I hate. By the way, I'm just I'm we gonna interrupt you really quickly. I didn't mention it in the tropes we hate. I don't yeah. believe I don't think I got around to it. I might have snuck it in at the end. But the accidental pregnancy trope is one of my least favorite because it is <laughs> it is never used in a way that I think is interesting and it is always plot based. And, and you know I hate always, choosing yeah. plot over character. And it's annoying because you like in all of the previous fifteen hundred years, he's never been able to get her pregnant or whatever. Like they've never actually slept together, I don't think, until no. this life. But he he um makes it seem like he can't get someone pregnant. Like that's his the way he says it. It's also like this idea and I know it only takes one time <laughs> but it's very frustrating in literature when the first time somebody has sex they're pregnant. They're instantly pregnant. They're pregnant. And I'm not saying that that can't happen. It definitely can. But it's every time. It's never that they had a long-standing relationship and then they got pregnant once over three months of them having unprotected sex. It's like one passionate one night. One passionate then... night where they forgot protection, even though they're both adults and the one was a doctor. Anyways, besides yeah. the point. <laughs> besides the point. So, yeah. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Um, He sends her away to some kind of... Buddhist so yeah, kind of yeah. She basically thing. goes away to live with like monks. Yeah, which was also very odd, very odd. But because like the villain somehow always finds her, so this was so like, it was like for her protection. For her, but protection. he didn't know she was pregnant, so he went off. Yeah, he went off, and then they're like writing to each other, but she doesn't want to tell him because she interpreted his words as, like, she he doesn't want to have kids. Yeah. Which, Not that he can't have kids. He doesn't want to have kids. And then and then <laughs> he's gone off to chase the villain, and then the, the letters stop. Yep, the letters stop going And it's just her all alone, pregnant and scared. <laughs> yes. But it ends with his last letter to her that we don't know actually got sent to her, saying that he's safe. He just has to do all this stuff to try and get rid of the yeah. villain. Because you can't just kill the villain because he also is, like, reincarnated and it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So, like, it's just super open-ending. There's, like, do they get back together? Will one of them die? Will the villain die? Will he find Lucy? Uh, will she ever tell him that <laughs> she's pregnant? <laughs> she's pregnant! It's, it's gotten beyond the point I think she can hide also. The thing that I hated most, this is a total gripe I have about it, but... She also thinks it's just the food. Like, she's getting, like, total morning sickness, <laughs> and she's, like, sick to her stomach all the time, and she's like, oh my god, it's the food. It's so spicy. And yeah. I'm like, that might be the whitest line I've ever read in <laughs> any story There's ever. There's too much salt on here. There's too much salt on here. I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't possibly be pregnant, though. And that, that, yeah, so for a long time, this was kind of a standalone novel, and I've reread it several times. I enjoy... 99% of the story, and I'd love to pretend that the last chapter just never happened. And it's too bad that she couldn't, like, finish the trilogy. Like, I'm sure... Although she is apparently... Is she apparently writing? She is now actually writing a sequel, so a follow-up to it. I don't know if this is actually going to happen. I saw it on Twitter. A little grain of salt here. Yeah. Not too much salt. <laughs> <laughs> a sprinkle of salt. A little sprinkle of salt. Um, 
yeah, it's it's such a good book up until the end. And this is where yeah. I think, and I never knew it was supposed to be a trilogy. And I just thought that's how it ended. And I was like, this is Me bullshit. Yeah. This is bullshit. I was like, that was wild. Did she run out of paper? Like, she was just trying to fit <laughs> everything wait, into the My hobby's actually unfinished. <laughs> yeah. Can you finish this, please, Anne? Thanks. Thank you. Anyways, I just love the idea that Daniel's going to, like, meet up with her one day. And he's going to have a two-year-old son and be like, oh. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. How'd that happen? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I have another one. Um, so White Teeth um, by Zadie Smith. Uh, so White Teeth is a novel that focuses on the later lives of two wartime friends mm-hmm. um, and their families in London. Uh, the novel is centered around Britain's relationship with immigrants from the Commonwealth. So it's very, um, it's a very good novel. And I don't want to spoil too much, so I'm actually not going to go too much in detail. Okay. But you basically fall... (laughs) First off, I just... Just to pique your interest in this novel, it starts on New Year's Day, where we have Archie Jones, who is one of the two main characters. I immediately (laughs) thought of Archie comics when you said that. I know, right? (laughs) Um, He's a 47-year-old Englishman whose disturbed Italian wife has just walked out on him. And he is attempting to gas himself in his car when somebody interrupts him. Which sounds very dark, but it's just very, like, lovely. Like, it's a very lovely way she's written it. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, kind of funny, but, like, inappropriately funny at the same time. Um, And anyway, it continues on, and it follows their children, and it kind of goes all over the place. The way it ends is it basically kind of teases out possible futures for all the characters without actually confirming anything. Oh, interesting. And it's very it, it's a very interesting ending, so you really do have to draw your own conclusions about, like, what is happening in those last moments. And I really don't want to spoil anything because it's such a good book. Um, but it's probably one of the be- <laughs> better books I've read with an open ending. And yet there is something, like, concrete to, like, kind of latch onto because she teases it. Yes. Without saying it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I will not turn down an opportunity to talk about Zadie Smith. <laughs> so definitely had to mention her. Uh, I believe you have more. I, I have a couple more. Um, I feel like I'm having, I like, I'm talking about ones I loved and you're like, I don't know about this one. <laughs> I don't know about this. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, like I said, like, I don't know if I... I love open endings. So all of these, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that ending. I didn't like it. Yeah. But this one, I really liked. This one was The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware, which I've been yes. trying to get you to, like, read. Do you need to, like, plug my ears here? No. You know, I won't be upset if you don't read it. But you also <laughs> might still want to read it because I don't spoil too much. But basically, yeah, it's like a whodunit, why done it type of a thing. Detect, not detective. There's no detective detectives in it sorry guys um <laughs> sorry to get your hopes up but rowan takes a nanny job at this like secluded house and mm-hmm. it's like again run like by smart technology and stuff so like the doors lock with like technology like there's cameras there's like all this stuff right um and then she's there just to take care of these young girls who live there and then one of the uh children is like particularly difficult mm-hmm. so she's always like just making her life hell basically um, so anyways, she's there, starts to hear things coming from the attic, uh, so it kind of seems like it could be paranormal, 
which is why I originally picked it up because it was like ghosts, ghosts, ghosts. <laughs> um, <laughs> ghosts. So basically, Rowan starts the book by writing a letter to a lawyer, and she's like pleading her case. So you know someone has died, and you know that Rowan has been arrested for this murder, but we don't know who has died until like closer to the end of the book, and we also don't know if Rowan was actually the one who. Like, did, did it. it yeah so after her letters are or sorry a couple years after she writes this letter to the lawyer um the walls of the prison she was in like they must have moved her like closed the prison down i don't mm-hmm. know what happened to it but they're like demolishing the walls and you find her letters in the wall to the lawyer so you find the letters that she wrote to her lawyer as well as like some letters that were addressed back to her so you're like first of all did her letters even get sent to the lawyer because mm-hmm. she was trying to find someone to like help her not be guilty basically like you mm-hmm. know to take her case because it just sounds so far-fetched because first of all it sounds like there's ghosts involved yeah and then like second of all it's just she doesn't want to tell you who actually did it because when she's originally in jail um she doesn't know who did it she just knows it happens but she's like i don't know who did it like why this this person died yeah so anyways lost my train (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we actually so from yeah those letters we assume that she never sent them to her lawyer so we don't know um how she was convicted or even where she is um but the letters that she received reveal who the actual murderer was and it could actually prove her innocence if she gave that letter to a lawyer or whoever interesting yeah so but she doesn't want like as her character you know like she wouldn't want to give this letter to the lawyer so basically i guess you don't know what happens to these letters at the end of the novel so it's like interesting you know something happened to rowan you know it's like this huge case and everything and you know that she never sent her letters to the lawyer and no one got these letters addressed to her that prove her innocence. So now that they found the letters a couple years after, are they going to get in the right hands? Like, is she going to get out of what prison? happens? Yeah. yeah. Like, so we never know that. Um, and originally I thought like she for sure got out, like she for sure sent that letter to the lawyer. And then I was like rereading it and rereading the ending. And I'm like, no, no one's read this side of her story until now when they found them in the walls. So, yeah, basically, we just don't know what happens to Rowan. And I love it. So anyway, <laughs> read, read The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware if you want like a good, like open ending thriller type of deal. There's lots of thrillers in this category. I feel like that might be a... Maybe that's like a common. I feel like it, it makes sense, and yeah. I I don't read a whole ton of thrillers, but the ones that I have have always felt a little open ended or a little bit ambiguous. I feel like that's just part of the genre. Um, I think to varying degrees of like me feeling jaded mm-hmm. at the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> which which is which is totally fun. I I do like that. That has piqued my interest. I think that that's is really it? good. I'm glad yeah. I explained it in a way because I was like. I don't want to say too much, but you don't want to say too little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, 
So another one I would recommend is A.S. Byatt's Little Black Book of Stories. So this is actually a collection of short stories. I will take every opportunity to talk about yeah. A.S. Byatt. Uh, they are very fairy tale esque and not fairy tale esque in like Cinderella, like the, as we know it, Disney fied version. Very, very like Brothers Grimm. Mm-hmm. Very little bit of dark, but like more contemporary, which is nice. Nothing, no short story in this collection finishes with a nice little neat bow. Some of them feel a little bit more complete than others, but most of them kind of leave you wondering like, what happens or if the person is ever found or if there's some sort of salvation that can be had but they follow various stories so a couple of them include um a woman who finds herself um going through the stages of grief and being relieved of her grief by turning to stone oh which is very interesting uh there's a creative writer te- creative writing teacher who has an unpleasant supp- surprise while trying to get to know the only talented people in his class and there's a story about a two girls who venture into the forest and meet something horrible. Oh. So those are kind of my teasers for those short stories. Yeah, I like those. <laughs> Very tale esque <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a common thing with uh, the buy it short stories, and I've only read her short stories, that um, really deal with that, like, kind of incomplete, kind of ambiguous, kind of up to you ending and that's how I would describe it actually is more of an up to you like this how do you want to think about this um I think that that's a really good recommendation off of my list I think we have time for about one more yeah let's uh, so my last one okay it's by Joanne he <laughs> I'm just kidding it's John he um, <laughs> it's called descendant of the crane okay and honestly the ending is kind of similar to sort of like like my name is memory and the fact that there probably could have been a sequel of sorts to this book. Um, and I just want to like do a disclaimer because this book, like the original hard copy and stuff isn't in production anymore. And it has to do a lot with like the publisher and all of that. So like, if you ever see the hard copy in store, don't buy it because she gets zero money from it. Like the author gets zero money from it, but they're actually re-releasing it in paperback and on ebook I think like September 27th. Okay, so, so wait on this wait, one. Wait if you want to read it or like go, go through library, go through like a secondhand yeah. bookstore, whatever, just so that we can like actually support the author. So yeah. just want to say that if this sounds interesting to you. Um, so basically it follows Hasina. She's a princess who takes over the kingdom after her dad, the king, supposedly dies of natural causes. Um, main character believes her dad was actually murdered and... She decides to commit treason by using the help of a soothsayer. So it's someone who uses magic and they're like basically a fortune teller and magic is banned in this kingdom. Mm -hmm. So she uses that um, and then she ends up working with this boy who's a convicted criminal, but he's also like a brilliant investigator. So it has lots of like courtly intrigue and politics, if that's like your kind of thing, and a little bit of a murder mystery. Um, So yeah, because of this whole ordeal with her publisher and stuff she never actually got to like continue the stories in this world Mm -hmm. and she even said that she wasn't gonna write like necessarily a sequel from Hasina's point of view she was probably going to do like a different character's point of view but it probably would have still solved some of the ending Mm -hmm. um but we're like that's probably not gonna happen um she's she drafted the first 
book probably when she was like 17 so it's like almost 10 years ago yeah so and she just said like you know she's not in that time of her life anymore she's probably not going to continue in that storyline anymore mm-hmm. just so but you guys no know guarantees. Yeah, yeah no guarantees so anyways um has lots of twists in it um so basically what happens and this is a little bit of spoiler but there's a lot in there so is that her younger brother Cayenne, Cyan, I don't know what else his name. He ends up betraying her and taking her throne, and then she gets thrown into jail along with her love interest, Akira. And they're able to escape with help from another one of her siblings and her father's concubine. So on top of a lot of the unanswered questions, or like with regards to the twists and what happens to the characters, the ending seems as if there should be a sequel. Right. Um, so basically, you know, Hasina is talking about like wanting to rec- reclaim her throne. Um, but she has to, like, align with what she considers, like, her enemy mm-hmm. of the kingdom. But, like, they're the only ones that would, like, team up with her to go against her brother and stuff like that. Because everyone right. else, like, doesn't want to get involved or they're already picked aside and stuff like that. Um, She, like, tells Akira because he was a cr- convicted criminal. Like, he's free now. Like, he can do whatever. All of this stuff. So we're just wondering, like... Does our main character find the ally she needs to get her throne back? Does she even get her throne back? Um, is Akira by her side? Did Cayenne plot something else to go after his sister yeah. and this other guy? Yeah, we don't know. You, we also find out that maybe the king might be immortal. But again, we don't know. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> like, there's all these things. So you're like, the, ke- the king was dead at the beginning. But is he actually dead? Like, there's yeah. just, like, a lot of things that a second book would probably answer or, like, some at s- least address. Yeah. Yeah, or a companion book something would address. But, I don't know. It's really a good book, so I just wanted to mention it. And, yeah. like, just, like, you know, to support this incredible author as well. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end yeah. of today's podcast or for this episode. Um, What I will say is if you think we've totally messed up by not mentioning one of your favorite books with open endings definitely hit us up on yes instagram because one if we haven't read it i'd love to check it out i would like to know more open ending books because i felt like it was hard yeah to come up with them and i would love to know like a good open ending i came up with the question and I, i i realized very shortly into like thinking about it that a lot of them were short stories <laughs> yes which i mean was totally fine um and i definitely had read enough to make a podcast out of but I, I thought it was gonna be so easy and really? it really wasn't yeah I know I struggled when we were talking about it I was like I'm not, I think I read this book <laughs> I don't know I'm just gonna go research some and like read right. the last few chapters <laughs> yeah so we have two things to address before we actually end this uh episode uh one what is your upcoming read um and I am gonna call myself out because I'm terrible at this I say every week I'm gonna read some books and, and then I read do. books, but I don't read the, don't ones read the ones I promised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I did make a promise on Instagram to finish Iron Widow at some point this month. <laughs> and we're running out of days in, in this month. Um, so yeah. this we are recording this still in January. I, I actually believe it will be coming out in February. So we'll see <laughs> if by next podcast I've actually made my goal. And then... I do have a book that I already started, so the William Wordsworth. Um, I will be finishing that. That's fairly 
easy. Once I started, it's mm-hmm. usually pretty good. Um, and then I, I am probably going to pick up another Jane Austen book. Uh, so I have Sense and Sensibility, which I was really excited to start. And yeah, so hopefully those three. Yeah. But who knows where who I might knows? actually end up. It's just like a guideline at this point. It really you. is. It's an idea. <laughs> it's and we'll see if I get there. <laughs> what about you? Uh, so for me, um, I'm reading The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins, who Very wrote nice. the Hunger Games series, for those of you who Watch. don't know. And I'm actually really enjoying it so far. Okay. And if you haven't read it because you're like, oh, it follows President Snow, murmur, there's a reason <laughs> like there's a reason there's okay. a reason and it's i think she bad. did a really like so far she's done I, a good job of i will life. say i do hope that's why i was hearing you talking about it before we started recording and i was very inspired to read it so like that is also like I, it sounds very good yes but i'm kind of hoping this isn't the only standalone or origin story she does i really hope not because like, she does such a good job of, like, the Hunger Games world and, like, yeah, and the characters. I find she, like, fleshes them out so well. So, yeah, if she, if Suzanne Collins, if you're out there. If you're listening to today's podcast, <laughs> thank you. And please write more books. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I will say, I will say one other thing. So, uh, <laughs> I cataloged all my books, which oh, I did yeah. tell you about. Because um, I was curious about my red to unread ratio mm-hmm. which is not nearly as bad as I thought it was so I have about I have about because there were some that I couldn't enter and there were some that I have duplicates of that I didn't quite get into the system yet and also I've realized over the past couple of days that there were a couple that I missed oh no <laughs> so I have about <laughs> I'm guessing 433 to 44 books somewhere in there Jeez. So it's a whole library, guys. Which is a lot of books. (laughs) There are 170 books in my, I think, 173 that are unread. Which is not bad, but it is a lot. I feel like that's a lot to me because I'm like, have I even read 170 (laughs) books in my life? I mean, probably, but I just don't remember them. But yeah. So (laughs) while I, I, the reason I find it hard to, grasp which one I'm going to read next is because there's 173 options sitting on my shelf. You need, like, clones of yourself yeah, to I just do. read them all. Just a Marissa clone to read all day. I'd, I'd love that, honestly. I'd love it. Okay, we do also need to pick our next oh, week's topic. Yes. Let's shake. It doesn't want to shake. It doesn't really want to shake, but I will... It's I just will... not satisfying. This is satisfying. Please be a good one. Please, be a good Please no more open endings. I can't do ooh, it. Oh, so many falling out. Oh, you will have many uh, novels to talk about with this one. Uh, so this one was provided by Alicia. So thank you, Alicia. Thank you. Uh, and it was Ken Romance, Make or Break a Book. Okay. Okay. So I, I feel like that's a very straightforward question that we'll have to take in a couple directions. I think uh, I'll probably, my brain's already going of books where it has broken it and ones where it's actually saved it. Saved uh, a bad book from being bad. Yes. Okay. Yep. I'm I'm sure I can find some. Again, it's, I say that and, (laughs) you know, it ends up being trickier than I thought it would be, but that's all right. I'm excited to 
see some books that I haven't read in a long time. All right. Any final thoughts? I don't think so. That was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if we can get you some more open-ended books that you'll enjoy. Yeah, I really hope, yeah, please leave your (laughs) open-ended book, Rex, somewhere. Uh, So that being said, uh, if you want to go ahead and do that, or if you have a question you want us to put in our book uh, jar, uh, please go do that through a DM on Instagram. That's the best way to make sure it actually ends up in our hands. So we are the book jar pod on Instagram. And uh, if you've been liking listening to this podcast, I would actually encourage you to also rate it. That really helps us get some new viewers Mm -hmm. and get our um, podcast kind of out there in the world. So if you're listening and you're enjoying, or if you have a couple comments of how you think we can make it better, please let us know. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you soon. See you next time. Bye. Bye.